Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. We are going to, um, like I said, be in our second week here of our series called Gifted. And I'm going to get into more what that means, why we chose uh, that word and this logo even. And we're, I'm going to get to that kind of more towards the end of the teaching this morning. Um, but first, I wanted to just uh, recap a little bit. Last week, um, Danielle uh, came up here, did a, did a great job, just really, really honestly just asking Jesus what needed to be said. And I felt like she said exactly what uh, needed to be said. And there was some really... Um, there are some specific things I pulled out that I just wanted to highlight real quick to just kind of set the stage a little bit, all right? And so, so she said, if you're a follower of Jesus, right? So if you're sitting here and you say, hey, yeah, I've given my life to Jesus, okay? I've given my life to Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. I, I want to do what he says. Then that means that you're becoming who God made you to be, right? Um, to carry or to bear his image, right? He, she started us all the way back from Genesis and talked about how uh, God made us to be his image bearers and, um, and that even though there's sin and there's fallenness and all that, that, he's, that we're becoming who he meant us to be originally. And that if you're a follower of Jesus, and this, was, this is like, a, you know, maybe for some of you, you haven't heard this before, or maybe you've heard this and still kind of shocked you a little bit, but you've been given the vocation of a full-time minister. You've been given the vocation of a full-time minister. And she just kind of said it, so it was like, you know, and we, you know, we, we, we moved on from there. But, um, but I think for some of you, this is like something that you really need to absorb. And will actually be a lot of the reason why we're in the series, is like, we, we actually believe that, right? So we believe that uh, it is not just people who, um, you know, feel some sort of special calling, right? Which there are, that, that happens too. It's not just people who are full-time pastors. Um, you know, it's not just people who seem to be especially gifted or anything. It's, no, it's, it's everyone who is following Jesus. Your vocation is a full-time minister, okay? And she modified this phrase that we have from everyone gets to play to everyone needs to play, okay? And that is really, I think, if there's something that we feel like God has been really hammering on us from, uh, you know, over, I don't know, at least the last year, that God has really been speaking to us, like as a church and as a leadership team, it's really, it, it might be summed up by that, right? Like, we've, we've kind of moved out from this uh, part of, uh, I don't know, from this, from this history or from this uh, standpoint of doing church in a way that's like, you know, well, we'll, we'll come up with a program and we'll, we'll do some stuff up here and hopefully people will like it okay and, you know, God will do some things and, you know, like just kind of normal, normal church in America a lot of times, right, is, is that. Um, to a point where we're saying, no, you know what, we need every person, right? Your, each and every one of you, the way that you bring yourself into community, the way that you bring yourself into to God, the ways that you respond to him, and the ways that we love one another, that matters tremendously, right? That matters for every single one of you. And I don't know if we've said, we haven't probably said that near enough for you to actually like really absorb that, but that's also part of what the series is about, right? 
Um, so, so those are things that she talked about last week that I think are really foundational. And she, if you weren't here, she, she took us through this awesome verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, right? She had us really soak in it. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, right? And she had us meditate on that, actually. She, we, we, were, we were silent. We kinda, she kind of was like, let's think about what kind of hits us in that when we read that. Okay, so, um, so I love that the kids are in here with us this morning. Um, and, I, you know, so I actually, when I, was, when I was experiencing that last week and I felt like God was really in the room and talking to me, and the, the one that was highlighted for me was really that uh, chosen part, that you're his chosen people. And specifically, it was like that I was chosen, right? And it got me thinking, and I was just wondering for you kids here. So do you guys like on the playground, when you're at school and stuff, and I know some of you are homeschooled, so maybe this is just like within your own house, but like, do you still have like the thing where um, people like have to choose teams and stuff? Like if you're playing like at sports or something, do you, do you guys still do that or do they not even let you do that anymore? No, I'm getting some head chicks, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's probably, that, that has generally, you, you older people, you know what I mean, right? Like you get on the, you get on the sports field at, at recess, right? You're playing football or basketball or something, and then it's time to choose teams, right? And so the most uh, popular slash talented or whatever those people, the two people are the most authoritative, they get to be the captains, um, everybody lines up, and then uh, they start to pick, right? I'm going to go this guy, and then I'm going to go this guy, right? They pick, and they go down, they choose teams. I'm guessing they don't let you guys do that in school anymore because it is probably the source of a tremendous amount of trauma um, for, for many people, right? So, <laughs> um, so, you know, and I know for me, it, yeah, I was not chosen, uh, not, certainly not first, uh, usually like bottom third, typically, right? And I just remember there's this kid, <laughs> there's a kid named Joey. I wish I could remember his last name, but there's a kid named Joey. You guys all had a kid named Joey in your class. Um, and he, uh, he was like so fast. He was so fast. I mean, he was like a little bit shorter kid, but you know, we love to play football. And he would, like when you would kick the ball off to him, if he caught it, he would score every time, every time, right? Because he was like a joystick guy, right? He could just like, you know, do whatever he wanted and run around until everybody else has fallen on the, fall on the floor and then he gets to run in. Um, and so I just remember, I remember like just being really envious of Joey, right? Because guess what? Joey was always picked first. And I was like, man, what would that feel like to be picked first? I have no idea. I was not, I was not fast at all. So, um, so, you know, that idea of being chosen, I don't know, God just kind of highlighted it to me because, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in any kind of situation like that. But he just kind of highlighted it. He was like, you know what? You're chosen. You know, like, I chose you. And it's weird to think about that, especially in the context when, you know, we're talking about, okay, well, everybody who, like he's, you know, Peter's talking to, to the, whole, the whole church. I mean, he's talking to everybody, and he's like, you know, so this is kind of this general sense of being chosen, but I felt like God was really highlighting to me. It's like, no, you, I said that because I, I want you to, it's not about whether I chose you over somebody else, right? That's the, that's not what that's about. It's really about, do you know that you're chosen? Like, do you feel that feeling that you're sort of looking for 
when Joey was picked and you were like, oh, I wish that was me. Do you feel that, right? Do you feel that I'm telling you that you are chosen? That's what I felt like he was talking to me about last week um, when I was sitting there. So I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if I feel that way all the time or maybe yet. I don't know. But it's something that I feel like he's, he's doing, right? Like he's, he's highlighting to me that I'm chosen, right? And a bunch of other stuff in that verse, which is great. Um, but that was, that was for me what was highlighted. And so um, this morning, I'm going to read uh, 12 verses out of 2 Timothy. Um, I said this last time I read a huge chunk of, uh, of, of Scripture, too, which is that, you know, God, God's Spirit talks through just the reading of the, of the Word. Like, I could just stand up here and read Bible for, like, you know, for 30 minutes. And with the Spirit of God moving and you're just being open to that, right, even for you kids, like, just me reading Scripture, like, God could just talk to you based on nothing that I even add to it at all, right? And so, so I want you to just kind of absorb the scripture, and if there's something that, uh, that just feels highlighted to you, even if it's not something I end up talking about later, I think I want you to put it on the shelf and come back to it, because God probably has something in that for you, okay? Um, so get your Bibles, uh, or your phones, or whatever, um, and let's go to Second Timothy in chapter 1, okay? Second Timothy chapter 1, and um, actually I'm going to, I think I do, I'm going to put this on the screen here too. Okay. So, this is Paul. He says, he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with the clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I am, was appointed a preacher, apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Okay? So this is, uh, this is I don't know, this is one of my favorite books, I would say, as a whole. Um, this is one of Paul's, the Apostle Paul, you know, big deal in the New Testament, right? Uh, this is one of his 13 letters that are recorded in Scripture. And... Um, as far as we know, this is actually the last, chronologically, the last one that he wrote, okay? And this is kind of this really 
really interesting combination in this letter, if you read the whole thing, of Paul just laying it all out for Timothy, right? His, his beloved child, right? He's laying out this kind of last, almost like a last will and testament. I mean, these are the things that he really wants Timothy to get that he's recording. And he's writing it directly to this guy who is really the person that he's poured the most into, right? Of all the people that Paul ministered to, of all the people that he touched, Timothy is probably the guy that he most took under his wings and and poured into and invested in and received from as well. And so there's this really special, special connection between them. And so he's sort of simultaneously like laying out all these things. It's like everything that he's ever wanted to say to Timothy, right? That's why it's like one, one exhortation, one encouragement after another. And at the same time, it's like deeply intimate, this letter, right? Because of that connection. So he's like telling him all these things, but he's also like really sharing um, just his own state and um, just where he's coming from. And, and, and Paul you can just feel it, right? Like he's got this, he's got this connection. And so, um, so I say that because it's, it's important a lot of times when we read scripture, okay, to remember in the context or who is the audience in the first place that it was written, right? The audience is, is us too, right? This is in the Bible because God wants us to see it and to read it and absorb it. But it's important to know first, okay, what's the first audience, though? I mean, what was the original context that was written in? So that we can kind of get to a place where we understand it a little bit better um, going forward, right? And so that's the nature of this book. And so I want to highlight, I'm just going to go through, I'm going to highlight a few things. And really what we're going to focus on uh, at the end and land on is verse 9. That's going to be the, the, the big verse. But I'm going to talk through a few other things um, as we get there uh, just in the next few minutes, Okay. Um, and so the first thing I just wanted you to see, um, like I said, he's talking to his beloved child. And what you see in this language here, and, and again, I'm, just, I'm glad the kids are in here, right? Because what, what Timothy's history is, is he's a guy that has a grandmother who was a Jew and who was following God the best that she knew how, probably before Jesus, I would imagine, timeline-wise. And then he had a mother, Lois, who was also faithful in the same way, um, probably became a follower of Jesus. Um, oh, sorry, grandmother Lois, mother Eunice. There we go. So if you're looking for, for baby girl names, those are, those are always good candidates. Um, I don't see a lot of Eunices these days, but, um, but that's a good one. Um, so, so Lois and Eunice, and you know, here's the thing about Timothy is actually he's got this really great lineage of women in his uh, in his life that we're following God, okay? But there's actually not a man listed in there, right? Timothy's father, as far as we know, he uh, actually, I think it, it says in Acts somewhere that his father was a Gentile. Um, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a believer. He wasn't following God. Um, not sure if that meant he was around or not around, but it doesn't mention him. So he's coming from a place where um, he's got a lineage, but it's a little complicated, okay? Um, but he, is, he, he bears this faith, right? He's, he's the beneficiary of faith that has come before him. And um, Paul sees fit to highlight that, right? And I think, um, and, I, and I really kind of wanted to highlight that for us too, because for, for two reasons, for you guys, for you kids, uh, kids and youth, you guys who, who've grown up here, I just want to say that that's important that you grow up here. It's important that you are able to actually sit in, play, in, a, in a community and in a place where, um, where you're not just loved, which you are, right? 
but that there's faith and that there's faith that's lived out. And you, you benefit from that, okay? You benefit from that. You're, you're going you're, you're gonna to take something from that um, that would be difficult to get otherwise. Not impossible. God can always put other things in, um, in other ways, but, but you're going to benefit from that. And, um, and part of why I say that is because I grew up also with a lineage of faith. My, my grandparents um, on my dad's side were, were believers, and uh, I, don't, I don't really know a whole lot about how they became believers, actually, come to think of it, but they were believers in Hong Kong, and then, um, and then actually uh, my dad uh, had a really, uh, had some illness, had a, had a rough time uh, when he was a kid, health-wise, and uh, this is a story my, my dad told me much, I don't know why he didn't tell me these things earlier in life, but, but recently he told me the story about how his, his mom, my grandma, had prayed for my dad when he was sick and had, had basically um, said one of these things like, hey, if you, if you save my son, I'll give him to you. And, uh, sorry, uh, and, I, and, and I just think about that because that's exactly what happened. My dad went into ministry, and he, you know, gave his whole, has given his whole life to um, preaching the gospel and building churches and stuff, and my grandma had this, um, had this faith. She had this huge amount of faith, and, uh, and my mom also had faith, and she was, uh, she's just, you know, she's just great. My mom is a, a woman of incredible prayer, and, um, and so I grew up in that. I grew up in a, in a church where people loved me and where I heard the Bible taught. And uh, the weird thing about that <laughs> was that I actually, uh, actually grew up almost kind of feeling like that was a detriment. Um, I grew up in a church where, like, every time there was a testimony or something, it was always from somebody who, like, you know, this is an exaggeration, but it was like, you know, somebody who had like murdered, you know, 12 people and then, you know, was, you know, they were on their way to jail and the Lord just, you know, intersected them and there was a bolt of lightning and, you know, people were falling down all around them and then they gave their life to Jesus, right? And praise God for those testimonies, right? I mean, that is incredible. We want, we want so much more of that. Amen, right? Um, but I grew up, that was, those were the only testimonies I ever heard, honestly, um, those types of things, uh, because that's just kind of the church we were in. It was like that was, we were focused on that kind of conversion moment, and so that was the thing that we highlighted. And so I kind of ended up growing up a lot of times feeling like, well, I don't know, I didn't have that. I just, you know, I was just born here, <laughs> right? Like, that's all I did. I was just born here. And, um, and I think as the Lord has, has worked, in my, first of all, has worked in my, in my life and my journey, and he's shown up for me in such, such real ways over and over again, um, I think he's, he's just been showing me over and over and over. And as I've been thinking about, uh, about the kids and, and you youth that are growing up here. It's like, no, you know what? That's a tremendous gift, you know? That is a huge amount of grace uh, that God, God gives us. And, and so that's what we see. We see that, that Paul... Um, has been, or that Timothy has been given this gift just by virtue of being born, right? But he's also been given this gift uh, because Paul has, has basically come to him and become and, and adopted him. He's this beloved child. And it also says there in verse 6 that, um, that you have this gift of God, which is also in you through the laying on of my hands, okay? And so this is this idea of, uh, some people call it impartation, which is, a, which is kind of a big word, um, but it, all it means is that Paul 
actually very intentionally saw something, was led, I will say, to see something with Timothy and to give him something that he had, that Paul had, that he possessed, some sort of spiritual gift or authority um, that he, actually, and you can read about it in Acts, that he, he imparted that, he gave that to Timothy, right? So Timothy's coming from the standpoint of both having this, this lineage of faith, having just been born, right, and been given something, but also having been imparted something from Paul that is a great gift, okay? So that's a couple of things. All right, let's keep going. See, I'm just going to skip right, but this, like, verse 7 is a, is a very famous verse, right? You probably have seen that on your refrigerator. God gave us a spirit, not a fear, but I'm not even going to talk about that, so we're just going to keep going. Okay. Oh, what I am going to talk about, though, is verse, more in verse 6 here. So he says, all these things you've been given, right? For this reason, fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame the gift of God, okay? So you've been given this lineage, and I've also imparted onto you these gifts, right? What I want you to do is to fan into the flame. I'm reminding you to fan into flame the gift of God. Now, um, <laughs> this reminded me of this, uh, this kind of embarrassing story for me. Um, so back in our old house, we had this patio. Uh, some of you were there, uh, where we would have parties uh, late into the night. We'd have this fire pit, and we'd hang out. We'd do small group and stuff. And, uh, and so I remember one, one time uh, we, were, we were just doing a, a hangout. I think it was a Saturday night or something. We're, we're in the middle of the city here building fires in the backyard. It's great. And, um, and I'm, I've, I've gotten everything ready. I'm putting this fire together. And I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, if, you, if, you, if I haven't said it, I'm from Colorado. Um, I grew up kind of in the mountains and, uh, you know, just doing mountainy things. Um, by the way... Should I say this or not? Go Avalanche. I, the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup this week, and I just have to, I just, that's so good. That's so, I, I, no, I just confirmed that I was supposed to say that. So that was, that was excellent. <laughs> that was so good. Um, anyway, I, you know, so, so, so I'm supposed to be able to do outdoors things, right? Uh, building a fire ought to, be, ought to be really easy. And so, so we're, before this party, I'm, I'm putting this fire together. I cannot get the thing to, to, to catch, right? I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like sticking kindling in there, I'm like the lighter's going, I'm, I'm like thinking about going to the gas station if I need to or something, right? I don't have the lighter fluid. But I'm like, I can, why is this thing not starting? And so some of you remember uh, Charles and Sarah Hoyt. Uh, they, were, they were longtime members here before they moved to Colorado. I actually just saw them a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. And Charles is this like, Charles is the guy who can do everything. Right? He's, he's one of those guys. Anything that you, you need done, he's an engineer, he's a mining engineer. So uh, he can just do whatever. And so by the time the party started and people were coming over, I had not lit the fire. It was still, <laughs> it was still like just maybe little embers in there if I was lucky. But it was not going. And this was a party about the fire pit. Like we were here to be around the fire and there was not a fire. And so I'm, I very sheepishly, I was like, oh, man, Charles, <laughs> I can't get this fire to light. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know what's going on. Uh, can you help me, right? And, you know, Charles, if you know him, he, he's a man of few words. And he just, like, you know, kind of smiles and grunts. And he's like, oh, and he just, like, walks over. And he looks at it. And I'd been kind of focusing on, like, the structure of the fire and 
you know, maybe the wood was, wasn't quite right, and, you know, maybe I was using the wrong kindling, or I don't know, I was just like, I was racking my brain, it's just like nothing was working, and, and I'd, I'd blown on it a few times, and it, was just, it just didn't seem like it was working, he just looks at it, and I don't know, he might have moved a couple things around, maybe, not. I don't remember him doing that. What I remember him doing is, I think he took like a Frisbee or something, I don't know, something, and he just, like, introduced a large amount of air. <laughs> he like blew, or he was like, he was like just fanning it, and all of a sudden, boom, right? Just like fire. It was, it was there. He fanned it, I mean literally, right? Like there's this, there was this thing where there was, a, there, was, there was things there, right? It wasn't like there wasn't something there, and it wasn't even that I hadn't like, I don't know, prepared and done some things, right? But it but it needed <laughs> to be fanned in order for it to be a real flame, right? Um, and that's a, such an interesting thing about how God's kingdom works. I was listening to, uh, to Jordan Singh, who um, is a pastor uh, who I love. He's, he's uh, in Hawaii, and he's, he's just great. He just knows about God's kingdom and how the Holy Spirit works um, so, so, so well. And... Um, and he was actually just saying this week, I just found this to be fascinating, he's, he's talking about how Jesus uh, went to his own hometown. You guys know the story, he went to his own hometown and he couldn't do any of the miracles that he had just been doing, right? You remember that? Any of the miracles he'd been doing, including the fact that right before then he had been in a different town where a small girl had died and he raised that girl from the dead, Okay. Right, so that's the most, I think that's the most powerful thing you can do, I think, right? He raised this girl from the dead. That's how, that's how strong, that's how much power he had. And then he goes right from there, he goes back to his hometown and he says he can't do anything. <laughs> it's like, this is just this crazy, crazy thing. And what Jordan Sang said, which I thought was amazing, he was like, you know, the kingdom of God is incredibly powerful. It's powerful enough to raise someone from the dead. We believe that. We be, even right, we believe that God can raise people from the dead. Okay, I've never seen that. <laughs> um, I hope someday too, right? But like, we actually believe God's kingdom is that powerful, okay? But at the same time, it is vulnerable. That's the word he uses. It's vulnerable. It's so powerful that it can raise someone from the dead, but it's also vulnerable, it's incredibly vulnerable to the way he put it was in, in that hometown. You know, the Bible talks about, like, their lack of faith or whatever. He just said um, that the people were grumpy. <laughs> and he was, like, he was like, you know, that really hits home because I'm kind of a grumpy guy, right? And I know some of you are maybe a little grumpy, and um, I don't think it means that exactly. I think it's more just about... Like what your, what, what your expectation is, what, what, what you're willing to release or to cut off. And he was just saying, man, there's a vulnerability to the God's kingdom. And man, I was like, yeah, that's right. It's just like, that's just like that fire, right? There, it's like this thing that could be so strong, the fire could be so big that it could light up a whole room. It can heat this huge amount of space. It can provide all this joy, right, and, um, and life but it's also so vulnerable. And that's part of why we, when we talk about that everyone needs to play, right? I just want to touch on that a little bit more. The kingdom of God is vulnerable, which means that it matters where we are each coming from, 
right? When we walk into uh, space together, or, or, or even not, right? Even when we're not together, I mean, just the fact that we're, we're believers together in, in, a, in a body of Christ um, in this church and in, even in the broader church. What we bring to that matters, right? It really does. Um, our, our, <laughs> our ability to, or our, our, our desire or our intention to fan the flame matters. And that's why Paul is reminding Timothy of this, because he knows that about Timothy for sure. And I think he would want to say the same thing to us, right? It matters to fan the flame because that's how God's kingdom goes, right? And so fan into flame the gift of God. And he says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Um, and then down in verse 12 there, again, which is why I suffer, right? Paul's saying that I was appointed preacher and apostle, and that's why I suffered, but I'm not ashamed of that. And I, I don't have time to really get into all that. Um, but what I'll say about that is just, to, is just to harken back to really our last series when we talked a number of times about suffering and about how we go through trouble, right? And that we share in that trouble with Jesus. That's part of how, actually, it's not part of how, it's, it's really almost entirely how, um, how we experience walking with Christ because of what Christ went through. Um, but let me focus on verse, uh, verse 9 here, which is what we want to do this morning. God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Okay? Before the ages began. All right. So I'm just going to say two things about this, and then... Um, we'll go on. Um, yep, I'm going to skip that too. We're just going to go straight to here. So because of his own purpose and grace, okay? Um, so there's a calling, right? So we're talking in the series about the fact that you're gifted. What do we mean by that, right? So Danielle kind of laid this foundation. We're going to go one step lower than that that I want you to lock in at. And to do that, I'm going to use this. See, sometimes I make these PowerPoints and they don't work the way I want. Okay. We're just going to go to this image. Um, okay, this is our logo for the week, so this is, or for the series, so it's easy to, easy to, it'll be in front of your face, it's easy to look at and hopefully to remember this. And speaking of gifted, thank you, Lindsay, by the way, for making this. She's embarrassed. We, we, have, we have gifted people in, in our, on our staff and in our midst, so, um, so this is a great, this is a great logo to remember, first of all, purpose and grace, that's what we're talking about that there's an arrow pointing towards the person, right? You just see their feet. So if you just, you know, I look down at my feet. Okay. I'm receiving grace. Okay. There's an arrow going in that says, what, what we mean by gifted is that we receive grace. We receive favor, right? We receive, um, just like Timothy, you know, just by virtue of being born. He had this faith lineage, and by the virtue of the impartation from Paul, he, he received grace. He received favor, that's one part. But then there's an out arrow, right? To go out, and out to everyone else, right? There's a purpose involved. There's purpose and grace. And that purpose <laughs> is something that God had for, well, for Timothy and for all of us. And what it said in the passage is this crazy thing. Before and I'm forgetting exactly how the ESV puts it. Before, 
the, I want to get this right, before the ages began. That's how it puts it here. Before the ages began. Or before times eternal. Or before the world was created. Or before the foundation of the earth was laid. Those are all different ways to say that before God made the world, that he already had purpose for you and for me and for us as a community. Okay? That's crazy. I don't know if, that, I don't, I don't know if you can sit with that for a second. That blows my mind. Um, I've been thinking, so recently I've been uh, listening to some, uh, some, some new scientific discoveries, right? I'm, I'm a little bit nerdy, uh, and, I, and, I, and I've been hearing these things that have been happening out in, in uh, research that people have been doing around, um, around just the complexities of the world and around the complexities of, of life and the fact that any of us are here at all. Um, and even just how incredible, like just even single cells are. And, um, and what's really amazing about that is that the more and more we learn about the way that the world was made, about, you know, everything from the cosmos, right, the way that the universe is put together, the way that Earth is, you know, this rock that we're on is spinning around the sun and um, the more and more we learn about that, the more we learn about even the smallest things about how like particles work and about how cells uh, operate that are so complex. The more we learn about that, the more we realize that there's absolutely no way that any of that is an accident. It's not possible. It's, it's, it's like totally preposterous to even think about the fact that all of these things have to be exactly, exactly right, like to the to the like, power of 70, 10 to the 70th power, right? Like just infinitesimally small changes in any of a gazillion things means that we're not here. And it's just, it's just been blowing my mind. And like this here, when you put that in context, that before God did any of that, before he hung any of the stars, before he set all these things in motion and put all these laws, he had a purpose for us. He knew that beforehand, right? He already had that in mind. And so that's what, that's what this image means. Grace, we receive grace, but we also have purpose. But it also works the other way. You receive purpose. You've been given a purpose, okay? And that is of great benefit to you, right? I mean, a lot of people, and many of us have been in this place, maybe you're in this place right now, you walk around in life, and you are not sure what your purpose is. And that's a really hard place to be in, right? But you can know that God has a purpose for you. God has purposes for you, and that's a great gift that you receive. But also, we give grace as well, right? We give grace as well. So that's, that's what this image means, and I want you to keep that in mind um, for the rest of the series as we keep going, okay? And so here's, here's our verse. I just want you to look at it again for a second. God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. All right, so here, let's just do an invitation. Um, Danielle's going to lead us in communion in a minute here. Um, but here's just our invitation, and, and you can just do this this week, okay? We're, uh, we, we won't do this here, but... I want you to spend time asking yourself if you really believe that. Like, do you really believe that God has purpose and grace for you?
before the ages began. Or another way to ask this is, how convinced am I that God already knew me? That's another way to kind of think about it, right? How convinced am I that before the beginning of the world, that God already saw me and knew me, top to bottom, right? But I want you to spend time this week with that, right? Purpose and grace, purpose and grace. Those are the two words. And where are you at with that? And might God speak into that some more for you this week, all right?